Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Mo Money Mo Houses, the personal finance podcast with a dash of sass. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and today I'm going to be talking to a blogger I've known for several years, probably since I started my blog three and a half years ago. Her name is Jordan. She runs the personal finance blog, My Alternate Life, and we're going to be talking about a couple things, including debt, life after debt, and living like a minimalist. Kind of a trend, I think, with people that get into debt, get out of debt, and then are trying to figure out what are the next steps. And minimalism seems to be a trend, a good trend. I'm all for living uh, simply. So very excited to have Jordan on the program today. Wow. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so let's uh, start from the beginning. Um, I mean, I, I think lots of people already know your story if they follow your blog, My Alternate Life, but um, what was the f- kind of moment or what happened in, you know, as growing up? What was your, re- let's start with, uh, what was your relationship with money uh, growing up? Did you have frugal parents or were you always like a, a saver or did that kind of come in time? Um, I think the best way to describe my relationship with money growing up was that I didn't really have one with it. Okay. (laughs) I knew that you needed money to buy things and I had a job in high school, but I I didn't, it didn't, uh, like my parents weren't overly frugal. Money was never really talked about in our house. So it was just sort of like a non thing in my household, Mm. which probably is why I got into so much student loan debt because I never really thought about it. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, you did your degree and then you graduated school. With How, how much debt did you um, end up with? So I ended up with, after university, I had 38000 in student loans. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big chunk of change. Big, big number. And uh, then that July, so like just a month or two after I graduated and I was like just out of school, mm-hmm. not making very much money. Mm-hmm. Um, I was driving back to Halifax from my hometown and I got in a car accident mm-hmm. and my, it was my husband's car mm-hmm. and it was totaled, like totally oh my written God. off. So then we needed to buy a new car. So mm-hmm. that added another $12,000 oh, wow. onto that total as well. <laughs> so a oh, lot, a lot of debt. A lot of money. Yeah. So how did you what was the moment where you're like, okay, I need to figure out how to pay this off. Cause honestly, lots of people have debt, especially student loan debt. I know a lot of people with student loan debt and they're like, well, like sometimes the number just seems so astronomically crazy. They're like, I am 50 grand in the hole. I'm not, I'm just going to kind of make that future, you know, a future problem. And they just kind of don't deal until they're like, eh, maybe I'll, I'll worry about my student debt when I'm in my thirties and hopefully making more money in my career. But you kind of went a different route. You went kind of the, let's aggressively pay this thing off. Yeah. Um, my personal finance awakening definitely was the day I got into that car crash Mm -hmm. because we had no savings. So we had no emergency fund to fall back on during that time. And it was really, it was a stressful time for us. I can imagine. Because we didn't have any any money. And I was still, I still had my student credit card. So I didn't even have like, I couldn't even put stuff on credit, like Mm -hmm. hotels and that kind of thing. And then we had this new car that we had to pay for, which was not in the plan. Mm -hmm. So I had all these, all these student loan debt, all the student loan debt, but uh, 
I sort of figured, like you said, like I figured, you know, everybody has student loan debt. I'll just pay it off over time, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. But then this car payment also came along and suddenly our budget wasn't adding up anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is really bad. I need to get this under control. And then I started surfing the internet because that's what I do when I have a problem. Of I course, just, well, that's what everyone does. <laughs> yeah, like, and I found personal finance blogs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. Other people have these problems like, too. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's, it was really like that summer when I decided like, no, we're going to do something about this. Having all of these payments, like this is not going to work for us long-term. And I never wanted to feel that like fear that I had mm-hmm. right after that car crash. Cause like my wrist was broken too. So there was like potential for me to not be working and all of this stuff that like normally a 21 year old doesn't have to deal with. Exactly. And I knew that I didn't want to have that feeling anymore. I never wanted to have that feeling again. So that sort of was the motivator. Mm -hmm. So where did you start? You started doing research online and like, how did you start with a plan? Like what, what did your plan initially look like? Like you mentioned that you, did you and your husband have a budget regularly in your daily lives or nothing at all at the beginning? We had sort of a rudimentary budget. Like I always kept a rudimentary budget all through university, which was basically this is how much money I've gotten from my student loans. Mm -hmm. And this is how many months until I get my next student loan installment money. So I need to make that money last. Like that was the extent of my budgeting knowledge. Mm -hmm. But then once I started getting a regular paycheck and my husband had a regular paycheck, then it was easier to build like a monthly budget. Mm -hmm. So I started that summer. And I didn't really aggressively start paying off the debt until that November, because that was the first, that's when my student loans were due, was that Mm -hmm. November. But by that point, I had sort of trimmed our budget enough to the point where I could start making extra payments right away. At first, I only made $50 Mm -hmm. a month and extra payments. And then it was $50 a week. And then it was... $70 $70 a week and then so on and so forth. Did it, so did it kind of just snowball? Like, yeah. you know, first uh, you just kind of pay what you could afford. But then like for me, whenever I've have, like, it's a bit different, like with a savings school, you're like, okay, I'll just put like 50 bucks, you know, per month and then uh, biweekly and per week. Cause you kind of want to see that number either go up or go down. So mm-hmm. is that kind of what happened? You just got, you know, kept on seeing that, you know, debt number go down, you got motivated and you're like, let's just keep doing this. Let's see how far we can go with this. Yeah, definitely. Like I started out with those little extra payments, but then every time I was able to either, you know, get a raise or make some kind of savings in our budget, instead of spending that money, I would put that towards the debt repayment. Mm -hmm. And then eventually after probably six months of this, I started developing this debt repayment spreadsheet, which you can actually download off my, off my blog. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's for free and it's there. And so basically every time I made an extra payment, my debt free date would get a little bit closer. Oh, and that's a big motivating factor. Yeah. It's, so maybe yeah. it was October 2016 and then I got my tax return and I put $1,000 on it and then it was, you know, October 2015 and like that mm-hmm. is so motivating. <laughs> exactly. Because you can yeah. kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and you're like, oh my gosh. Exactly. And it, I guess also a big thing is you just can't wait to live without debt. Yes. So when I first started paying off my debt, my minimum debt payments were taking up 25% of my take-home pay. Oh, wow. 
So all I could think of it was like all the things I could do with that money if it wasn't going towards my stupid debt. (laughs) Totally, totally. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's a big percentage of your paycheck every week. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that was huge back then. And now actually I'm putting almost the exact same amount now that I'm debt free, I'm putting almost the exact same amount towards my retirement as I was putting towards my minimum payments, which makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't have that fear anymore. Instead, now you're like, oh my gosh, I feel a little bit more relief every time I put some more money into my retirement savings. Exactly. Um, so how long did it take you to, cause now you're debt free. How long did it take you from start to finish to pay off all of your debt? It took me, uh, exactly, almost exactly two years. That's not bad. Like that's like really awesome. Yeah. I had a lot of help along the way. Mm-hmm. So I, I was living in New Brunswick for those mm-hmm. three years and New Brunswick has some of the best, um, student debt relief programs in the country. That's interesting because, yeah, not many people, I think, would know to even look into something like that. Yeah, I I don't even remember how I stumbled upon them, but it was probably when I was, you know, on my Googling craze. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was two main programs that I took um, advantage of, and I always recommend these to, like, any new student who I know that's graduating in New Mm -hmm. Brunswick because they're so helpful. The first one was the Timely Completion Benefit, which is basically – Um, if you graduate from university on time, so like if you're in a four-year program, if you graduate in four years, the New Brunswick government will forgive their portion of your student loans down to, uh, $26,000. Wow. So I was able just by filling out this one application Mm -hmm. and sending them proof of my graduation, I was able to get my student loans from $38,000 down to $26,000. And that, so that would have been like another two years of yeah. your oh, yeah. money. Yeah, it was huge. And I'm so sure that's really helpful. <laughs> I'm kind of curious if other provinces have that. I'm sure they have something similar or something. So that's definitely something I'm going to look yeah. into. <laughs> Just because I'm curious now. Yeah, there are definitely programs out there. Like everyone's a little bit different, but there are most provinces offer something. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I took advantage of basically allowed me to not have to pay any New Brunswick income tax. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, which was super helpful. Like the, if I ended up having to pay on my income tax return, they would just give give it back to me. Wow. And that was probably $4,000 over the few years that I claimed it. And all of that money that, that mm-hmm. I was getting and along with my income tax returns, I just put it right towards debt. Like awesome. didn't even think about spending it. I just... You just made oh, it like a habit that. and a priority to do that. Cause I can understand how it's difficult to, you know, yeah, I'll put it towards debt. Okay. Well, maybe just a little bit of that. Cause it, it's, mm-hmm. it is hard to, especially you kind of did this like aggressive debt payment um, plan for two years. That's a long time to mm-hmm. like maintain your motivation. Um, like what were, like, how did you do that? Like, I just don't, <laughs> like, how did you not, um, I don't know, kind of slip up or, or anything like that? Or did you? Cause it's, I mean, oh, yeah. failure is <laughs> part for the course. It's kind of part of success. So there were lots of days for sure where I had bad days where I was like, I'm sick of paying off debt. This is stupid. Nobody else I know is doing this. That exactly. was a big one. being the only one. And like, I'm so happy I had the personal finance community for that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have made it because I didn't know anybody else who was actually trying to pay off their 
their debt. Mm-hmm. And I would just splurge and I would like spend a hundred dollars at the mall or something. And mm-hmm. then I'd feel terrible after, but I also felt kind of good because, you know, it was just nice to not be so constrained every once in a while. Exactly. But even those little slip ups, like in the grand scheme of things, they weren't that bad. And obviously I needed to do it. So yeah. And I think once in a while is fine as long as you kind of acknowledge that, okay, this happened. It can't really happen again if I want to <laughs> get that date and just kind of, you know, move yeah. forward. Um, yeah. I did splurge a little bit. Like occasionally I would splurge because I knew that I would just go crazy if I lived like... Oh, you can't. Yeah, you will go crazy if you literally yeah. don't let yourself buy anything. That's insane. Right. So one of the things I did well, almost right in the beginning, probably a year after I first got serious about paying off my debt was I got a dog. Well, that's a nice splurge though. <laughs> yeah. I had wanted one forever. Like yeah. basically since I had moved out of my parents' house, I wanted a dog of my own. Mm-hmm. And finally we were in a place that allowed pets and I was like, screw it. I know that this money could go towards paying off my debt, but I'm going to adopt a dog from the SPCA. It's like, it is going to make me happy. That seems exactly. like money well spent to me. <laughs> exactly. And it totally was like definitely the best money I've ever spent. She's She's so awesome. Yeah. And then the other thing I did was um, I got married and I did a Also good money trip. spent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we kept it pretty frugal, but yeah. we did splurge on an all-inclusive honeymoon just yeah and that was definitely worth it too a honeymoon is a whenever i talk to people about weddings like older people that have been married for a while they're like you know you can skimp on the wedding but don't skimp on the honeymoon exactly yeah, yeah. my honeymoon cost as much as my wedding and Doesn't i don't matter. regret that yeah exactly <laughs> i we spent a a little i don't know how much honestly on our california vacation uh honeymoon but it was money well spent i'll tell you mm-hmm. that and i'm like yeah. I, don't, I don't even remember the number because it doesn't matter because we had a good time <laughs> exactly yeah so um i guess you know one one portion is like you had this debt and you paid it off but i think almost as important is how to maintain a lifestyle after debt because i feel like lots of people you know will be inspired by you and other bloggers and uh be able to pay down to their debt but then and it's hard to get into a mode where you're aggressively saving or, you know, you have different goals. It's not like you're paying down something that's bad. It's like now you're saving something for good. And sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of switch that in your mind. So mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you did once your debt was paid off that you're like, okay, I'm going to change my lifestyle and make it, you know, manageable? Mm-hmm. Um, well, at first I would definitely say that I did not feel any decreased sense of urgency right after my debt was oh, really? paid off. Well, this is how I like to to explain it. Like paying off debt is like you're digging, you're climbing out of a hole, right? Mm-hmm. And your debt is paid off and you're at zero. You're on the edge of the hole. Right. You're right there on the edge and it would be really easy to fall back in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel comfortable. What I wanted to do right after I paid off my debt was get as far away from the hole as possible mm. by saving a lot of money. That's fair. So... I wanted to put some distance between me and that debt hole. And I did that by uh, building up an emergency fund, like Mm -hmm. a big emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Which is important, obviously, if there's an emergency, you want to be able to pay that. And I'm an example because sometimes people were like, oh, yeah, but what's going to happen? Well, case in point, when me and Josh, my husband, decided to move from Vancouver to Toronto, well, we weren't moving with jobs 
And we only had the money that we had in the bank. And thank God we had an emergency fund because it helped us survive for like whatever, you know, three or four months that I didn't have a job. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just it's so that that I felt like was was almost as important to making me feel less anxious about my money mm-hmm. as paying off my debt. And once I had that, then I felt like, OK, now I can go at this with more of a balanced point of view mm-hmm. instead of just being like super frugal and trying to get it, get as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. After that, I found it a little bit more challenging to, you know, set goals where I'm saving aggressively, but that, but where I have enough life balance that I feel like it's sustainable. Exactly. Cause it's not, yeah, it's not sustainable. Just no. completely aggressively saving. Like you can no. try it, but you know, it just won't like my happen. debt payment repayment um, scheme, my debt mm-hmm. repayment scheme was not sustainable. If it was, <laughs> if I had to do that for five years, I probably would have gone crazy. Absolutely. So it's such a short period of time that it was okay. Mm-hmm. So after that, I tried not to push myself too hard. Like I set savings goals and I track them really close and I still do my side jobs and things like that to achieve the goals and go beyond them. But I don't give myself a hard time if I want to spend a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I really like about your blog is you also do these um, net worth kind of recaps, which I think I'm I'm not going to do on my blog, but I definitely think I'm going to do that just in my personal life because, you know, I use like mint.com. So I have an idea, you know, whenever I get a paycheck or, or whenever Josh gets a paycheck to, you know, see how much money we have. But I mm-hmm. don't actually look at like the month over month progression. And I think that actually helps because... It's a way to look back and be like, oh, look, we actually have made quite a bit of progress. Yes, definitely. I I definitely recommend tracking your network just to see, you know, this is where I was a year ago. And maybe you don't feel like you've accomplished all that much. But mm-hmm. if you can look and see, oh, well, I added $10,000 to my net worth. Like, that's not nothing. That's a really, really good improvement for one year. And then you feel like you're actually making progress instead of just, you know, putting money into savings accounts and it's not really affecting your life at all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So what are some of your kind of new goals now that you're debt free and you've have the, you know, really good emergency fund. What are some of your goals for the future now for money wise? Yeah. um, Right now, my big goal is to save for a down payment on a house. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I moved from New Brunswick in January and I'm living in Halifax right now. Mm -hmm. And the houses here are, they're not as expensive as Toronto or Vancouver, obviously, mm-hmm. but they are going to require like some serious savings. So yeah, exactly. I'm, my goal for just this year, I like to break my goals down into like bite-sized chunks. So mm-hmm. my goal just for this year is to save $5,000, mm-hmm. but overall I'm probably looking at closer to $40,000, mm-hmm. which is quite a bit. It's a bit, but it's also <laughs> like... For me, I feel feel like when you're saving up for a house, especially, it's such a important life thing that you almost, you know, you'll always kind of be motivated to save up for a house because you'll probably always want to move out of wherever you're yes. living, yeah. <laughs> at least in my circumstance. Love my apartment, but I'm sick of renting and I want a dishwasher badly. Oh, <laughs> so, my landlord is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And exactly. every time she doesn't respond to my phone calls or text messages or emails, I'm just yeah. like... Put more money in that house. Exactly. (laughs) Can't wait to be a homeowner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, And another thing that you, sorry, um, just uh, looking at some of the things you've been talking about in your blog lately is uh, 
lots of uh, another big goal is obviously travel, which I feel like a lot of people are can understand that me, especially I feel like that's kind of the what I spend most of my money on. (laughs) Yes. Travel. Yeah. Travel is one of the most important things to me, more important than stuff or Mm -hmm. having a nice car. Like I could also replace my car this year if I wanted to. There's lots of things that are wrong is wrong with it, but I would rather spend that money on travel. So this year we're going to Ottawa this summer and Mm -hmm. then doing Mardi Gras in uh, February, 2016. And like, that's a major bucket list item for me. So yeah. couldn't say no to it. Like we had some people who wanted to go and that will be worth every penny. I definitely would recommend to anybody that spending money on travel over material items is just like such a better use of your money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when you do kind of uh, are saving up for travel, do you research like specifically what you're going to do on the trip, create a budget of how much that will cost. And then you have that particular number to try to save up to. And then you just add that to your, like every, you know, paycheck, then I'll take this amount of money and put it in this fund. That's exactly it. Okay. Um, <laughs> my husband is the travel guru in our oh. household. So he is the one that will research how much hotels will cost, how much flights will cost. And then we usually can get away with like a daily food budget of $100 a day or something like that. that. Seems good. And we'll cost out how much the trip will cost. And then obviously divide that by the amount of time between now and the trip. And then just every week. We save a little bit of money towards that. Um, if I get some extra income, because I do a lot of side jobs and freelancing and things like that, mm-hmm. I'll put that in there as well. In there as well, just to meet the goal a little bit sooner, because I like doing that. Because it's fun and motivating to hit your goals before you're supposed to. Absolutely. And yeah, that's it's a hundred dollars a week right now. Right on. <laughs> that we're saving towards travel. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like your story is so identifiable. People are probably in the exact same boat you were a few years ago. So it's really cool to find out that it is possible. Most people in your friend group, and you mentioned this earlier, it's it's true. It's like, I know people that have debt, but not once were they ever like, oh, and I'm aggressively paying it off and I have this big goal. No, they just kind of brush it under the rug and be like, eh, I'll deal with it later. So it's really awesome that, uh, you know, you are a perfect example of someone who, you know, kind of like, well, I know my friends aren't really doing that, but I want to make sure that I can pay off my debt so I can kind of move on with my life, really. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the whole reason I started the blog and the reason I named it My Alternate Life Mm -hmm. is because I had graduated from university and I thought like, okay, I'm ready to start my life you know, I have a full-time job. I'm going to be a grown-up now yep. and I'm going to, you know, have the apartment with the clothes and mm-hmm. the car and all, all of these things that I've been working towards for four years. But I couldn't do that because I had all this debt mm-hmm. and it was holding me back and it was forcing me to adopt this alternative life that mm-hmm. I didn't think that I wanted, but I had to do. And now I realize this life's actually better. Like if I had not paid off my debt, like a lot of people do, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be as happy. I'd be more stressed. So I think that everybody who has a lot of debt and thinks that they can't pay it off or, you know, that they're, they're not able to for some reason, they need to find the personal finance community. They do. We all did it and we're not amazing people. We're just like, regular people. Not, That's exactly. the thing. It's like, I know I talk about 
you know, a lot of bloggers on this podcast, but we are all just regular people that like started a website and talked about our money. <laughs> like we're like, I'm not superwoman. I'm actually probably below average. <laughs> and if I can do it, then you can do it. I totally agree. You promise. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for being on the program today. Really appreciate it. It was so nice talking to you. And if you would like to find out more about Jordan and her personal finance journey, make sure to check out her awesome blog, My Alternate Life. And if you'd like to find out the show notes for this show, it's momoneymohouses.com slash 11. So before I wrap up, I just want to give some shout outs to some reviews I got on iTunes. First, I've got Anthony Lohan. He writes, this podcast is amazing. Loving how much I'm learning about personal finance in a really relaxed way. Finance doesn't have to be boring. No, it doesn't. I'm so excited that you think so, Anthony. Thanks for listening and thanks for commenting. Um, another one, great new podcast from Tom Drake. I love this new podcast that Jessica Morris has just launched. She's chatting with great guests and covering interesting topics. Looking forward to hearing more episodes. Thank you so much, Tom. And one from Edange. Excellent PF podcast. Short and to the point. I like it. Very efficient. Thanks, Edange. And one more before I wrap up. Real Money Talk. Really like how casual this podcast is. Like I'm listening to someone's conversation in a coffee shop about money. From Derek M1111. Thank you so much, Derek. Thanks for listening. And if you want to get a shout out on here, make sure to leave me a review on Stitcher or iTunes and I'll make sure to give you a shout out on a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check back here next Wednesday. I'm going to be interviewing Liquid Independence. He runs the blog Freedom 35 and we're going to be talking about farm investing, investing in farms. That's right. See you next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.